This is the part where we chit chat and riff raff. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and then so I said, I hardly know her. <laughs> That's when the trampoline broke and the cows got bloody noses, so the albino girls had to go home. Ah, I remember that. Good times. Good times. In the meantime, though, you know what's happening? What's happening? You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 195, side A. This is the Gimme Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things, hopefully. This is a side A episode, which means we will talk about pop culture, entertainment news, movies, music, books, Florida, why Greg sucks, and whatever else caught our eye this week. My name is Golden Eye, and I'm joined by by Pink Eye. Hi. Shaken, not stirred i'm not sure why and i'm also uh, yeah <laughs> and, I'm, and i'm also joined by brown eye no mr <laughs> bull i expect you to die <laughs> very what's good what's weird is no wow. one's gonna understand this because they're only listening to this episode and they have no idea <laughs> that our next episode is all about the living daylights a james bond movie that mm. came out in 1987 but you'll have to listen to side b for that one this is kind of a think of this as your teaser. You're, you're, we're, we're enticing you. We always think of you that or way. Are we? <laughs> or, or, or you'll never, never listen again. It could go either way. Uh, this week on our side A episode, we're going to talk about Masters of the Universe Revelation, um, the book Castle on Sunset about uh, the famed Chateau Marmont in LA, and the Netflix release of Blood Red Sky. If you like vampires and snakes on a plane, and then you kind of mash them together, you're going to like this movie. <laughs> motherfucking vampires of my mother on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> right? I mean, that's exactly, that. that is literally what I thought as I was watching it. We'll get to that later. I don't want to spoil anything, but we might. Right, Craig? Oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're spo- <laughs> it's even going to be spoiled for me, because I have not yet finished Blood Red Sky. But we... Greg frequently doesn't finish. Takes me a while. Oh. Uh, we <laughs> uh, are going to talk about stuff, and we don't try to spoil things, but as we're talking, and we're going to be like, you know, I really like the part where this happened, or where that happened, or where there's vampires on the airplane, things along those lines, and then people are all like, how dare you spoil that thing that I haven't watched yet? Well, watch it, and then come back and listen to us talk about it. Oh my god. God, people were losing their minds on, um, I think I pointed it out to you, on uh, Instagram with Hasbro, where they released the the figures of the old Ghostbusters. Is that what and they were? people were like, yeah, they were losing their minds not because they're like, Ghostb- oh my God, spoilers. Like, just like younger versions of them. Old meaning like the current ages the original. of the, like... Basically, Ghostbusters that are that look like sixty-year-old Bill Murray or seventy-year-old Bill Murray or whatever. Yeah. Right, aged up. Oh no, shit. Okay, I didn't catch that. Okay, 
Yeah, and and people were losing their minds. Like, Hasbro, spoilers, oh my god. I'm like, dude, they're in the effing trailer. Suck it up, Buttercup. Come on. In the trailer. Yeah, at one point, the last thing you hear in one of the trailers is Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. I mean, it's obvious. No, that's not. That's that's not. No, one of the, in one of the trailers that I saw, the last it's Bill Murray. No, it was Dan Aykroyd. Shit, the guy who says we're closed. No, it was. I don't remember what he says. I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure it was Dan Aykroyd. Okay, because the trailer, the most recent trailer that I saw, Bill Murray answered the phone. It was his voice. Right, but you never see him. Right, you just see his hand. Okay, so maybe I hit. And I know the difference between the two. I'm a big fan of both, but all right, you can just shame me in the uh, chat room. That's fine. I'm cool. But but I'm I cool. mean, you could have seen a different trailer. Maybe. I mean, maybe they do have different endings. Maybe. But yeah. But I mean, it's like they're in the friggin' trailer. You, if you're yeah. whatever. Moving you know on. What? We have lots of stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Specifically, me. I I'm just jumping in here because I'm super excited about this news. So, a couple weeks ago, they had the Pokemon. Go Fest event, which I got Rob involved in Pokemon mm-hmm. Go, and I just think it's a good, fun event, and it's a cool community. And just after that, I was like thinking, I'm like, oh, you know, I haven't heard anything about the the Detective Pikachu movie part two, which I know they were going to do. And I just randomly googled it, and oddly enough, because that's also the 25th anniversary of Pokemon, like going on now, so there's a lot of news. So oddly enough, one of the stars of it was like. We haven't really heard much about part two yet. We don't think it's really happening. I was like, damn it. Like, he literally had said it like two days before I randomly Googled it and found it. Like, that sucks. But then I saw another article, like, just two days ago, I think, that Variety has is reporting that the next thing that the showrunner of Lucifer is going to be doing is a, uh, his name, he's a co-showrunner of Lucifer, Joe Henderson. He's going to write and executive produce a live-action Pokemon series for Netflix. So it's going to be live-action like the movies with the computer-generated Pokemons that look realistic. And it should, it'll be on Netflix. Um, because there's no news on Detective Pikachu, it's I'm guessing that's what it's shifting into. Uh, there's no real details about it, but it is going to be similar in, in scope and uh, appearance to Detective Pikachu. And... Uh, you know, it looks like it hopefully is getting fast-tracked to coincide with the oh, 20... Awesome. As close to as possible with the 25th anniversary. Obviously, they can't do it this year, but... So I was really excited about that because I, I did like that movie quite a bit. And, you know, if anyone was able to, you know, uh, genetically engineer an actual Pikachu, I will be first in line to buy one, as long as it doesn't electrocute my testicles. <laughs> Who am I kidding? <laughs> Especially if it will electrocute my testicles. <laughs> Uh, but that was I, uh, that was kind of a cool little ooh. You know, every so often you run into new, to news and you're like, should I wake my wife up for this or not? That one I, <laughs> I considered waking up my wife for. But, and did she? I said I considered. It? I'm not. I'm not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not crazy. No, yeah. He's not single. Yeah, no. She did appreciate it. She That's did appreciate very cool. it the next day when I told her that I didn't wake her up for it. But That's super cool, especially since um, one of the Lucifer showrunners is involved, because I love that yeah. show. Love, love, love. And I was not going to keep talking here, but since you said that, 
I have Lucifer news for you. Ooh, yeah. really? Uh, SDCC, the San Diego Comic-Con virtual, had, was held this past weekend. Uh, 2021 version. Uh, they don't. They didn't do it. It's a big show. But one of it, it didn't have anything too exciting that was announced. A lot of the big movie studios weren't there. It wasn't. I don't know if they. I mean, did you even know it was happening, Rob? And you're kind of on top of that stuff. No, I did. I did not. Yeah, I happened upon it, and I'm and we look for that kind of stuff. So I would have watched some of these things, but uh, one of the big announcements was it was about Lucifer. Uh, season six is coming very soon. What? Yep. It is coming uh, yes. Friday, September 10th. Actually. Is it is it season six or is it season five? Uh, well, the season that just ended was actually five B. Yeah, five season five's over. Oh, oh, that's right, that's so right, that's right. And I found it. Yeah, I did hear that yeah, they so were season doing season six. Season. Is it releases Friday September tenth? So really, not that far away. And already, yeah, wow, that's Tom says he's got quite a few mysteries to solve in season six. That's loose for himself. He grew up a lot, and he's still in the process of growing up. But I think the classic thing of be careful what you wish for. Because he did cons- convince himself about a lot of things during season five, but when something that you think about actually happens, it often feels very different. So that's the conundrum that Lucifer finds himself in in season six. And I'm very specifically reading that quote because it's more vague. But mm-hmm. you know, from what I heard, it looked like it. I mean, it's always looked good. The uh, the thumb. That's yeah, so, so cool. That was. I thought that was. Good. I was. I thought. I thought Lucifer was done. I didn't know there was a six. I'm super excited. So is that, uh, does anyone else have any other news before I continue with San Diego Comic-Con? No, do continue with San Diego Comic-Con. Now, I didn't write down too much other stuff because there was a lot of... It's like these little stories where you're like, oh, this new thing is that was written by Stephen King is getting adapted and that and that. And we don't like You don't really know if it's worth talking about until it actually comes out and it kind of breaks through all of the noise. We don't talk about comics a lot, uh, but this one actually stood up just because of some of the names involved, like the character names. The last big X-Men series was called the the Hellfire Gala, which the Hellfire Club, of course, big in the 70s and early 80s. Dark Phoenix, all that stuff. Uh, Right now, the X-Men are living on a living island called Krakoa, which is a character monster kind of giant plant thing from the very early days of the X-Men. It's like one of the first things they ever fought back in the 60s. Wait, the, wait, 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 wait. The island is literally a... It's, it's like a living island. Think like back in the in the early 60s or whenever they fought it. Think like vines reaching out and grabbing people and that kind of right, stuff. Right, right. Because it's all one yes. organism. So okay. they decided to basically pack up all of the mutants on the world, go there. The island protects them and it will only allow mutants onto the island. That's been the ongoing story for three years about. Uh, okay. They also, as part of this, they they said that you know, regardless of what you did in the past, your slate is wiped clean. So you could have been the Juggernaut or Pyro or whatever. Any of these characters that were criminals are allowed on the island and their, wipe, their slate is wiped clean. But if they do anything bad, they're done. Okay, that kind of thing. So I guess this gala episode was all about uh, them deciding that they were outgrowing the island, and they decided to terraform Mars, and this was like the announcement of terraforming Mars. So, you know, people already thought that was a big deal. Readers thought that was a big deal. In the middle of this gala, uh, do we, we all know who Magneto's uh, 
theoretical son and daughter are? Uh, yeah, Quicksilver and yes. um, Scarlet yeah. Witch. So, I so one of the reasons why Scarlet, why the mutants all gathered on this island, was because Scarlet Witch had a mental mental breakdown. Basically, did a snap of her fingers and said, "No more mutants," and wiped out all of the mutant population for the well, most of the mutant population of the Marvel universe many years ago, ten years ago or so. So Magneto, big mutant guy, not a big fan of his daughter. She goes to this thing to basically apologize. And what appears to be a real thing and a very big shock, she gets killed. Yeah. Like, really? And it seems, I mean, you never know with comics, but it seems relatively permanent. But it's very shocking that this happened this, like, one month after they gave Scarlet Witch slash Wanda a huge starring role in Marvel, com uh, Marvel TV, you know? So the next series that they announced at Comic-Con is The Trial of Magneto because since Magneto was last seen with her when they found her body, that's, uh, they assumed that he killed her because he was pissed off. But we all, at the point, at this point, it's just a body laying on the ground. We don't know how she died. We don't know if something killed her. We also don't know if maybe the island killed her because she's technically non-mutant and she wasn't supposed to be there. So the big story coming up next, it's a three-issue miniseries that's going to be like, I guess, kind of a big deal in the comics world will be the trial of Magneto. The art looks beautiful on all of it, on all the covers. And uh, I might actually have to pick those up. Are you, like, well steeped? I'm just wondering. <clears throat> are you, like, well steeped in, like, the artists? Like, who's what and what style? I can usually, I can you know pick I mean out the ones from years ago. Like, I remember back when we were kids, you know, Todd McFarlane was the big... Yeah, I mean, I've got a Todd McFarlane poster behind me, but, like, some of the artists I could definitely tell. Like, I can tell you the artists all over uh, the Marvel Universe or the Marvel Universal area like well that's all because it's Andy Kubert but like I can pick that out I can pick out Jim Lee I have actually not collected comics since my child was born because uh, diapers are expensive <laughs> and then I remember those then, days you know karate and camp and other things are expensive too so I yep. uh... so either way those are the big news things that I saw and I thought were interesting to me and hopefully interesting to the listeners out there. Maybe I will delve into that that miniseries. I'll read it digitally, if nothing else. Okay. All right. Yeah, that'd be all. So, oh, dear God. What did our fellow state people do this week? Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> but... Um, I don't have any, like, normal news. I do have Florida Man news. Um, I guess you could file this one under duh. Uh, but we are in Florida. We are. Yeah, so... <clears throat> I, I uh, A couple of weeks ago, the, uh, one of the Florida... I remember, I think it was... God, it wasn't me. I don't remember which one of you two was up that week to do the Florida Man news. And all of them were, like, really serious, except for, like, finally, last minute, you found one that was, like, viable. Yeah, yeah. Remember? So, this is kind of like that this week. Like, all of them were kind of, like, serious and kind of not, you know. Uh, and then I came across this one. <laughs> Florida never disappoints. I'm just going to read the headline. <clears throat> Man quote-unquote, swiped by Jaguar after he put his hand 
in the exhibit at the Jacksonville Zoo. <laughs> ah, so not the car. Okay. <laughs> no, no, not the car. No, a fucking jaguar, <laughs> like an actual cat. And it like swiped his hand and like almost like it like shredded him um, because he's an idiot and, you know, Jacksonville. So <laughs> and and he probably tried to sue the zoo. That always pisses me off because they're always like they're deciding whether or not to put down the jaguar. The jaguar was doing what a jaguar is supposed to do. Yeah. Yes. Well, so apparently um, he jumped over a gate. Strike one. At the range of the jaguar exhibit at Jacksonville Zoo and Gardens. This was Wednesday, so yesterday. And he stuck his hand in. Okay, he wasn't running away. He was going into. And then he stuck his hand into the pen and was clawed by one of the big cats. Which is, you know, wow, really? A jaguar clawed at you? That's, who who knew that would Sorry, happen? Too. I think maybe he thought, right? Um, uh, he was in his 20s. Jacksonville Fire Rescue said that he was in his 20s. He was taken to the hospital. They weren't life like life-threatening injuries. Um, Hopefully he's maimed for life. I kind of hope so because check out this next sentence. One witness said the man was egging on the Jaguars in the exhibit before jumping the barrier. Another said he, she saw employees cleaning up a trail of blood while the man was taken out <laughs> with his arm bandaged. Hey, Jaguar. So this guy was like, hey, hey, Jaguar, <laughs> I fucked your mom. <laughs> <laughs> and then he jumps in and like gets shredded. And, then, and you know what? I'm kind of glad he did. Like, don't mess with the Good animals. For the jaguar. Yeah, exactly. I have a three-year-old said... kitten in my house, and I'm smart enough not to. It's a three. Sorry, not three-year-old kitten. A three-pound kitten in my house, and I'm smart enough not to put my finger near the near his little crate or her little crate. When. Oh, so you wouldn't mess with a 200-pound wild no, animal called not. a jaguar? I wouldn't mess with a three-pound oh, one, much less that one. Well, that's weird, Greg. I think you're the one who's wrong in this scenario, but whatever. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the quote. From the deputy's, deputy zoo director was, this is an individual that wasn't using his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> he stuck his hand in through the mesh that separates the jaguars from the outside. <laughs> like, If he had used his head, it probably would have been a better come outcome. Come on, man. Like, yeah, exactly. I just, I thought this no, was... No, I mean, if he'd have stuck his head in, it, the Jaguar would have taken it exa- off. I agree, exactly. Derp, 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 I just thought derp, that was really derp, funny derp, when derp, I saw derp. that headline. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. I, I just, I I laughed for five minutes. I just couldn't, I was like, what an idiot. So, <clears throat> that's our Florida Man news for the week. Welcome to Jacksonville. Excellent. Yeah. Exactly. I thought it was a stuffed Jaguar. <laughs> Well, that's the thing is he was deliberately taunting them beforehand. So he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you... I don't... Uh, why are people such dicks? Leave the animals alone. They shouldn't be in a zoo in the first place. Anyway. The whole yeah. thing. Well, thank you, Mr. Um, Florida Man. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Mr. Florida Man. Um, how can... <clears throat> People become patrons. Well, let, let's talk about this this year podcast. First of all, you out there listening, I want you to look right now at your little podcast. Unless you're driving, don't do it now. Don't do it. Don't do it but if you're driving. Otherwise, look at the little thing, the little podcast provider, and if it set, if it does not say subscribed, you should subscribe to our podcast. You should also rate it. Uh, right now, while you're moderately entertained, because later you never know what's going to happen. So just 
you know, give that five stars and then move on. Mm. Moderately might be kind of... We just talked about a dude getting eaten by a jaguar, and we made fun of him. <laughs> I just talked about someone having sex with a jaguar True. and a mom. They are very entertained. Are you not entertained? <laughs> are you not entertained? <laughs> so that's one thing you can do. That That's you know, free. It doesn't cost you anything unless you do it while driving and you crash. But we told you not to, so we're not liable. Yeah, we, we've already told you not. Please do not do that. So... What we also have, if you want to spend a little bit more money, and since we just saved you from crashing your car, it's just $5 a month. You can help us out on our Patreon. You can become a patron where you get invited to our patron chat, where there's music and movie reviews and other such things. We do the Give Me Five Question of the Week. We do a top five question about you around your birthday. We do all sorts of fun stuff. You get early access to the movies that we're watching, at least to know what the movie it is. We're not playing movies on there because that's, you know copyright and stuff uh there are other higher ranges that help us out even more and we appreciate everyone that's done that uh, done all of the things and uh you can get that at patreon.com slash give me five podcast and we love all so, of our patrons. and you get unfettered access to greg myself and omar because we are on that chat rob like rob you're 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 scaring people away. <laughs> There's someone that literally don't, just dele- don't deleted tell them their that. credit card information. <laughs> and if I'm we not. have unfettered connection to Rob, that means he has unfettered connection to us. Delete. Now we talk yeah. about. I just heard this. No. Like, I just heard the sound of curses. The sound of all of our fan turning off their <laughs> turning off their 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 podcast media of choice. That was sad. Oh. Uh, there are big plans for Omar's Music Cave coming up. Uh, if you don't want to miss that next week, you should probably jump in on this because um, I've got I've got good stuff coming. Excellent in my music cave. Excellent. There might be a let's just say there might be a food a let's food just, port channel opening up too. If I can figure out how to do it. Oh, uh, that's right. The food porn thing is exciting for so in so many ways. Are, are you going to play the entertainer, Omar? Uh, yeah, there's I've got some good themes coming up. For Omar's all, music all creepily slow like the old guy on Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how old I look? Oh my god. <laughs> so let's move on to our actual topics here. I think I'll go first with this book. Okay. Why don't you go first with that book? The book Greg? sounds good. So I had, you know, I I have the stack. Um, Omar, you I know you know about the stack. Where it's the giant stack of books. Wait, are you talking about your books like or the, the books? other thing? Yeah, that that stack. Okay, that stack. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're like, oh crap! And I have both the paper stack and the Audible stack. I'm like, crap. So what am I going to do now? And I usually go from true crime to biographies to history to nonfiction. You know, whatever. But the last book that I read or listened to in this case was the Matthew McConaughey book. And I was trying to decide what I was going to listen to next. And then Matthew McConaughey takes a part of that book to talk about the Chateau Marmont. And I, one of the books in my stack was a book called Castle on Sunset, Life, Death, Love, Art, and Scandal at Hollywood's Chateau Marmont. Or Chateau Marmont, whatever you want to call it. And that was written, uh, released in May 7th, 2019, <clears throat> written by Sean Levy. The synopsis, for nearly 90 years, Hollywood's brightest stars have favored the Chateau Marmont as a home away from home, an apartment house turned hotel, it was, has hosted generations of gossip and folklore. Uh, just 
just some of the examples. 1930s bombshell Gene Harlow took lovers during their third honeymoon there. Director Nicholas Ray slept with a with a his 16-year-old rebel without a cause star Natalie Wood. Anthony Perkins and Tab Hunter met poolside and began a secret affair. Some dude named Jim Morrison sh- swung from the balconies once falling nearly to his death. John Belushi suffered a fatal overdose in a private bungalow, and Lindsay Lohan got the boot. One of these things is not like the other. After racking up nearly $50,000 in charges in less than two months, amongst other things. So, I was always under the impression that everyone knew about this place. Uh, Me too. But it's one of those things that, depending on the when you learn about something and what that thing is. Like, for example, I'll just go with my favorite football team. The, to me, the Steelers were always good because they got really good in the 70s. And that's when I was born. And they had always been – they've never had a completely terrible year. I'm like, okay, they, they've been pretty good forever. Up until that point, up until the 70s, they were terrible. But until I you know, watched old documentaries, things like that, the Steelers have always been a well-run good team. And – the Chateau Marmont, I always thought it was a famous place that was famous for parties and debauchery and craziness when it was really, for the longest time, a place that the stars would go to not be seen and to hide away. And it was known for being cheap. And st- like all these famous stars, when they when they came to Hollywood, because a lot of the big stars back in the you know, 30s and 40s, they were doing live shows like Broadway shows and then they would go to Hollywood to film something and they would stay there because it was cheap so it was really kind of interesting uh, it became very famous when John Belushi died there because for a place that is known for being private it was splashed all over the news so that's the event that put that place on the map uh, it made it that's the place that made I mean, it more pu- of you know, a, publicly. a stopping point for tours Okay. Um, That's what yeah. I meant. Yeah. Yeah. A few years later when I don't, it's not like the Instagram era, but a few years later when like, you know, Lindsay Lohan, Kardashian era stuff, it became famous again for being more of a high class kind of party place. Uh, it back in the day, there were two major hotels. There was one. So that the, the Mar- Marmont was a very bare bones. It doesn't have a restaurant or a bar. It had, like, just bungalows and a pool, and that's it. You couldn't get room service. You had to go places. The party hotel was across the street. And uh, Rob will remember that will recognize this name because it is the big party hotel that doesn't exist anymore is the Garden of Allah. And it was right mm, across the street. Okay. It's now a bank. Or it's actually not even a bank anymore. I think it got torn down and turned into, like, apartments. But um, Garden of Allah, of course, we if you ever go to Universal Studios, you'll see a little – Garden of Allah, like, uh, area. I don't even know what's there when it's not Halloween Horror Nights, but just, like, a little vintage Hollywood area. So, just to, you know, the the book is really very exhaustively researched. Uh, That's both a good thing and a bad thing, because it talks about, you know, the ownership and, you know, land leases and, like, the construction and the architecture and all of the ins and outs of Los Angeles in the thirties, which is kind of boring, but I like that stuff. Well, that sounds super interesting. Yeah. But it also like just some of the stories they talk about, like there was so much pop culture written there. 
like uh you know what sunset boulevard was written there uh the oh wow uh there are rumors that for what it's worth the song was written in the lobby yeah like because the lobby is known for having a piano and like all these extraordinarily famous people would just kind of come in and before they went up to their rooms they would just kind of play around on the piano and the for for what it's worth that was for what it's worth was written oh no 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 you you might be right i was thinking of the song ohio yeah. sorry no, yeah because that was written about the uh 1966 uh, sunset strip curfew riots and that's where the hotel is so it was you know these people just wanting to go to clubs and go dancing and go go dancing and and getting their ass beat and and uh he went in uh graham nash right went in and wrote that song yeah i was thinking of ohio which is the same group crosby stills nash and young about kent state yeah. yeah and that was written um like in a like in a f- farm woodsy area, oh, okay. and like Neil Young walked away and then came back with this great song. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> he's known for that. That's uh, as he does. Yeah. Uh, like I said, big movies. Uh, Rebel Without a Cause was written there. Uh, Billy Wilder, who um, so Billy Wilder, he escaped Germany and came to this place, and because of having escaping Germany, he was he liked very small confined areas, so he liked some of the smaller rooms there and he left for a little while so he's he's a writer director and when he came back his room had been given away so he actually moved into a closet that was attached to the women's bathroom and when he was interviewed about it he was like well it's not the best room but it does have six toilets (laughs) um that's pretty funny (laughs) and he when he was there he was working on uh, the seven-year itch the marilyn monroe movie with the the air vent and the skirt and all that stuff yeah the famous uh, the, uh, Maryland yeah, picture. Jim Morrison, of course, um, stayed there. He did. They show him almost falling off of a much higher balcony in the movie, The Doors, but it was actually, I think, the second story. And no one really – people said they saw it and that he did have a limp the next day, but it wasn't quite as perilous as it, in the as it shows in the movie where he's like six stories up. Right. Uh, John Belushi died there after partying, partying with Robert De Niro, and that story's kind of interesting. Helmut Newton, the photographer, died died there. Uh, he actually had a heart attack leaving and crashed his car across the street. Uh, Led Zeppelin was banned for driving around motorcycles there. Betty Davis almost burned it down. There's like a lot of crazy stories. Howard Hughes had his meltdowns when he had his meltdown when he was there. Uh, Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski lived there a few like months before they were killed. For Shunt. I was going to say if they'd right? only stayed there. Yeah. Well, yeah. the reason why, I think the reason why they left was because they they had this opening for this other house, which was owned by the person that Manson was actually pissed off at. Correct. And yeah, and that's how they ended up in the hills to get yeah. murdered. So it's I found it really interesting. The thing I liked the best about it is it it bounced around to all different stuff. So it was you know if you like old Hollywood, you're going to like that section. If you like you know, 60s and 70s rockers, you'll like that part. If you like the idea of you know when making movies even if you like hip-hop because when they the chateau marmont was very well known for having like the best mm-hmm. valet people because it's a little had like a little parking garage and everyone would bring in these cars and they'd get dinged and dented so it's like because it was so small so the the valet parkers were really really good and the bigger deal was people wanted privacy so these valet parkers not only were parking you know whoever's lamborghini they were also not telling anybody they just parked so-and-so's Lamborghini. So, like, even, like, just a few years ago, like, Jay-Z and uh, and Beyonce threw, like, a huge after 
Oscars party there in the garage. Like, <laughs> wow. so it's like this thing that went from being privacy to being to being like this kind of famous thing. Uh, it, the let's put it this way: the party was actually so big that I think that even Leonardo DiCaprio couldn't get into it, which is saying a lot. Yeah, I think actually huge. Leonardo DiCaprio wow. was at my thir- my bar mitzvah back in the day. <laughs> Wasn't even invited. <laughs> but he couldn't get into yeah. this. <laughs> and, that might be true, actually. And, and my aunt Ethel was very, very strict with the name tags and the seating arrangements, but <laughs> DiCaprio got his way yeah, in. DiCaprio was there. Yeah. <laughs> so can I ask you a question to bring this full yes. circle? In the Chateau Marmont book, yes. is Matthew McConaughey mentioned? I was hoping for that, but they did not. Well, he didn't do anything crazy surprised. there. He just kind of like no, he, he didn't. Just no. lived there. He just lived there for so a little while. So it would have been like, you know, anything. this person killed this person, and that person did this. This person did that. Also, Mac- right. Matthew McConaughey was there. And no, he was just there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in the background, Matthew McConaughey. Like it's not. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, because the way he described it, he just lived there for whatever eighteen months or something. No, right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they, well, Greg, that sounds like a fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm it's actually free on Audible. I think I got it. Okay, well, what's the? Uh, you've got it written a couple of times. Did I? Did I miss it? The sunset. Strip yeah, nineteen sixty-six sunset strip curfew rides. Did you? Did you talk about that? Yeah, I meant that was where the the song was written about it. The for what it's worth. Oh, oh, oh! To the song. Okay, I thought you were going to go into detail about. It's the... not. It it was kind of it was an interesting thing, and there's it's been referenced a lot in other stuff. But there was the Watts riots, which were, which were a major, in, in major LA. deal, and very soon, when race related, it was very soon thereafter that they the same thing happened to a bunch of hippies, but the end results were much, much different, and and just you know the the police changed the rules after that, and that's really kind of the extent of it. Interesting, interesting. Okay. Um, if you like Hollywood history or history in general, it's history light, but Hollywood history heavy. Hmm. Sounds really interesting, frankly. I'm all I'm game for that book. And is it soon to be available oh, yeah. in other ways? It's also been optioned by John Krasinski as like a I don't know if it's gonna be a documentary or a a TV show. Um miniseries. miniseries. Yeah. Oh my god, that'd be a great miniseries. That'd be really cool if they do like the passage of time, but have it all happen, like in every episode. Like there was, there were time periods where this place got really run down, and other things around. Ha- like it was very run down, and then they there was that old cop TV show called like something on the Sunset Strip, and it was filmed right around the corner from there, and like it made it popular again, and then it got run down, and like the people that work there stole all of the like the furnishings and stuff to put in their house and then someone else would buy it and then it would get changed. It's, it's, it's got some cool stuff. So I would actually, I would that'd watch be a that. really cool. That'd be a cool anthology series because it's such got, it's got such a long history. Mm-hmm. So you could do like uh you could even hop around like postmodern style. Like episode one is from the sixties. Episode two is the thirties. Episode three is the nineties. Cause it doesn't really matter. Each one's self-contained, but it's just all revolving around the Chateau Marmont. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'd be I would I would watch the hell out and of also, that. And also, the other little sad the little sad things we always try to do what we like, what we don't like. One of the things I did I don't like about this is you know, I'm 
reading this and I'm like, you know, someday I just want to go on a, on a long vacation and just visit places where famous things have happened. You know, like I've, I've seen the, uh, oh God, I want to say the Brer building, but that's not right. The building where all the seventies, like soft pop songs were, were written. The Brill really, building? Yes, like I, I've seen the Brill building. I've been there. Like I like going to these places. I was like, someday I want to see the, the Chateau Marmont and it's now a private, uh, club style like a timeshare almost for celebrities and rich people so like you're not getting anywhere near there because people buy their their cabanas and bungalows now and oh yeah oh, okay. i was like oh, it'd be kind of neat to stay there for one night because the rooms were like 300 bucks a night or 600 bucks a night which is expensive but it'd be kind of cool totally worth it yeah and you're right there on the sunset strip but eh, no that's not happening huh yeah no that's interesting until I become a celebrity. Okay. You want no. to be a rock star? <laughs> that sounds exhausting. <laughs> that sounds... <laughs> doesn't sound very hygienic. So... <laughs> no. Gonna pop your pills from a Pez dispenser? <laughs> well, that I Lou do. Lou Reed and David Bowie could tell you, that is not hygienic. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I, I think for the next thing, maybe you guys talk about vampires. Says I could, hmm. and then we close out with Hebam because I think our adoring listeners might be might be excited about the He-Man thing, and they might stick around for it. Also, also, I really have oh. to pee. Okay, and I don't have anything to say about the vampire show yet, so I could step away and pee while you guys do it. Fair enough. All right. All right. Um, the movie was called Blood Red Sky. It was, in fact. Um, it came out, what, uh, July 23rd, right? July, yep, yeah. July 23rd of this year. Director was Peter, what is that? Thornworth? Thorworth? Thornworth. Yeah, I think it's Thorworth. Thorworth. Okay, that's fine with me. Um, never heard of that particular person. Um, I think he's a foreign director because this this was in fact a foreign film. Yeah, did you catch what um, the credits were in? No. It's German. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. So I watched it um, with English, um, like overdub, Sub- and oh, I watched. I think I watched it with subtitles. And I also had subtitles on. I did both, and I was watching their mouths, and sometimes they actually were speaking English, like when the boy and the mom came on the plane originally. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they were in the airport at the beginning of the movie, they, it was English. A lot of the time, like when the boy was on... Dominic Purcell's lines were all in English as well. Uh, I believe so. The the head terrorist. The head terrorist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the son... Yes, yes, because he's... Yeah. And the son was... Uh, he did both. Uh, remember, he's hiding under the car at one point. And he's mm-hmm. saying, no, no, like he's being attacked by vampires. And... Uh, mm-hmm. You could tell if you look at his mouth, like I looked at his, like I, I was paying attention to see which scenes. And he was saying, nine, nine, like he was speaking in German in that part. Um, mm-hmm. But I noticed it in the credits because they were, instead of like the word with, they were saying mit, M-I-T, which is like German for with. So I could, um, I could see right away that it was, it was like a German production. Um, if you do, by the way, watch it with the English uh, overdubs, it's not... It's not bad. Sometimes watching things overdubbed in English is just brutal to watch, but this was 
Yeah. This wasn't bad. This this it right? Do you agree? And it's almost like they they take they take the language or the the dialogue and just really oversimplify it almost to the point where it doesn't make any sense. Right. You're like, "What? Why would he say it like Right, that? and it wasn't like that. that. That's yeah. This they did a good job with this. Um Perry Baumeister was Nadia, who I don't know her. I don't I've never seen her before. Um Carl Anton Koch was Elias. Um Alexander Shear, who I don't know, but he was the character Eight Ball, who was Yeah, he was the crazy He was one. good. Like he was really yeah. good. He was the one that you that you wanted to hate. That you hated like the whole uh, Yeah, you had no problem hating that guy. Like it was very easy. You're like somebody killed this guy. <laughs> yeah, it was very easy to hate him very quickly. Um Caius Seti was Farid, which I really liked that character, which I think was, you know, very much on purpose. Um Gordon Brown, Dominic Purcell as Berg. Um Dominic Purcell is uh the first thing that comes to mind is uh what was that show with the jail prison, prison break. break. Great show. Did you watch that? Uh yeah, I did watch I did watch some of it, but he was also um Heatwave in Legends of Tomorrow. Oh nice. I haven't watched that. Okay, cool. But I know him and I know his name. Like I've seen him in some other things. Graham McTavish, who I've also seen in some other things, was um that mm-hmm. colonel. Um it had a good cast. Like the the people that they picked were very good. There was a lot of like dual language ish going on like going on with the german and the and the english right um and then it also takes place partly in um I th- where, where was it they landed i think scotland i want to say it was it was scotland or something like that because graham mctavish had a very thick yeah accent. yeah and he's and it sounded yeah. was it scottish i believe it was scotland i want to say scotland yeah um the synopsis a woman with a mysterious illness is forced into action when a group of terrorists attempt to hijack a transatlantic overnight flight i mean i would say there were a couple of things it might like initial thought was like if you overlook certain plot issues like the way they sort of explained certain things or maybe didn't explain certain things overall the movie was really enjoyable I I really liked it. I thought it was a cool and twist. Yeah, without without question. I I really enjoyed the movie. It it as as I was watching this, I, I'll go ahead and give you yeah. my thoughts on it. As I was watching this, I'm like, oh, you, you know what? Yeah, I can dig this. It's it's got high tension. Uh, like I said, you you kind of hate the really bad guy because there's a couple of levels of bad guys, but the really bad guy, you just elicited that that loathing they that they're looking for when when you see their villain so they did a really good job with that you actually find yourself rooting for the vampire and she's she's trying so hard you can see the struggle as she progressively loses her humanity piece by piece and you know trying to save her son and stop the terrorists and it and it's it it works it's actually a really good story and it's really well acted and that kind of held it all together. Um, I liked seeing her struggle as she as she slowly advanced down the vampire path. You know what I mean? Yep. And you could see her. You could see her actively make the decision. I have to do this. I have to protect these people, or I have to protect my son, or whatever. 
and just lost a little bit more of your, her humanity as the movie went on. I really liked how the uh, there was a certain flashback that where they go into it probably halfway through the movie where they 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 expl- <laughs> so much gets explained and mm-hmm. I love that. I like that they didn't give that to you right away. Right. And so at first you're kind of... Because you're initially thinking she's got some kind of blood disease or something. Correct. So without giving too much away, I thought that she was going to... I think I've already ruined the whole... Well, not ne- No, I, you didn't. No, you didn't. And, if, and if, if, if anyone is listening who wants to see this, there, you didn't give anything away. Like, you, you could still watch the movie and you're... You're not going to know because I did not expect. I didn't expect what happened. I didn't expect mm-hmm. how it got, um, how it all went down. And I really like how they explained it. And I like that they waited a little while because kind of what you said, you, you have this one idea that's happening and it's completely off. <laughs> so you, what you yeah. said is a little bit of a hint, but you didn't. I don't feel like you gave anything away. Like I don't think that you All spoiled right. it. Um, if you're into vampires, I like vampire movies. I like zombie and vampire movies. I'm not a huge horror fan, but I like those two genres specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie really did it for me. I thought it was really cool. Again, there are some plot holes and certain things that are just kind of like, mm. but if you can ignore those and kind of move past them, um. It was a really fun, it was a really interesting movie, and I liked the twist. I thought it was interesting. You said that uh, she kind of loses more and more of her humanity. Mm -hmm. One thing does happen toward the end that I was kind of like, well, I guess this is one of, excuse me, this is one of those things that we're going to have to leap over with, uh, you know, suspending your disbelief or whatever. The way that she finally really? loses her humanity completely um, was kind of, it's fine. It was fine. That's fine. But I, I, that was like one little thing that I, it was hard for me to get over and I'm trying not to spoil it, but um, I, overall, I really, really recommend the movie and what you said earlier, Rob, get these motherfucking vampires of my motherfucking plane. That's exactly, mm-hmm. that's exactly the movie. That's exactly it. Yeah. And and I I'm not sure I I'm honestly not sure what part you're talking about as far as as far as you had the the difficulty getting over it because there was there was the part at the end where she she made the sacrifice to save her son basically. Correct. And yes. But it was kind of like All right, major spoiler ahead, okay? Fair is that is that, is that a massive spoiler coming right now? Yeah, yeah, because well, because we're going to talk about it. Because I want to know what you have to say about. Okay, this. three, two, one. You've been warned. Here we are. Spoilers. Yep. She gets bitten by um, what was his name again? The crazy dude. Um, uh, April. No, she was already a vampire. She was already a vampire. Mm-hmm. But that's my point. Is she, he bites her, and then she. That's kind of the thing where she loses, like, the last of her, her humanity is gone at that point. And I was thinking, okay, well, you're already a vampire, and you got bit by a vampire. So now, 
are you like and more see, of a I, vampire? Like I don't like you're already there. Yeah, no, I don't think it was the bite that did it. She accessed more the the way I viewed it was every time she accessed more of the vampire's powers, she lost a little bit more of you of her humanity. So in in the last ditch effort to beat him, she threw herself at him and whatnot, and then they had that little instance where you know he he's hanging out the door or whatever. Um, she she gave up her last little bit to save him, and then as he's trying to trying to um console her, she's pushing him away, pushing him away, pushing him away, going, "No, I can't control myself anymore. I can't control myself anymore." You have to get away right. from me. You have to stay away right. from she me. She pushes him away, and she, and she runs off, and and basically becomes feral at that point. But what? Okay, so you're you're correct. Yes, she used the last bit of strength that she had to run away from him, so that she wouldn't, so that she wouldn't. But it him. seemed to me like the the thing that pushed her over the edge was that last bite by April. Well, the bite weakened her, so she had to access more of the vampire's power. Oh, that's basically. a really good point. Okay, see, I didn't see it that way. I like how you're. I like your angle yeah, on that. He, that makes sense to me. Yeah, it, it it weakened her, so she had to dig deeper into the quote unquote vampire reserve, and it ended up costing her the rest of her humanity. I like that. Okay, I did not see that angle on it, but I um. Okay, that makes sense to me. All right, I can dig that. And I have no humanity. <laughs> You do not. <laughs> but I, I, I very much enjoyed it. I thought it was movie. awesome. I, I thought it was, I thought it was very, it, I don't often come across, because I don't see a lot of foreign films. I mean, I see a couple here and there, but I don't often come across foreign films and I'm like, damn, this was a really good movie. This was one of those. I, I very much enjoyed this. I thought it was very well written and very well acted. It was and exceptionally I acted. Would, I thought I, I would recommend this to anyone who likes vampire movies. Well, and I didn't know it was foreign at all. I just saw that from the opening credits. I, I had no right. idea that it was a foreign movie in the slightest. Um, right. Neither did I until I got it. Well, no. When I saw the trailer, I kind of knew because of the way that they were talking and how it was done. Oh, over. got it. So I, I had an okay. idea, but it was it was still there. It was great. Uh, highly recommended for a unique twist on the vampire story. And um, and and what did you think of their depiction of the vampires? The the whole Nosferatu look. I really liked that. Yeah, actually, that's a really good point. I didn't really, I didn't catch that as a Nosferatu throwback. But you're you're you are one hundred percent correct. Is that that's exactly the look that they? Well, I wasn't going to say. I I almost I was going to say the the look they were going for, but that's the look they achieved. Like it was a Nosferatu. Thing. It it absolutely is, and I. And I honestly feel like the Nos the the Nosferatu look is kind of like the go to look for uh, quote unquote feral vampires, which is kind of what they became. Uh, you know what? That's Am funny right? that you said that because the, the their look. Now that I think about it, it reminded me. Did you ever watch the show The Strain? Oh no! But I, I know was, of I it. was actually going to mention that. That's what that's that's like. what they look like. like. That is exactly now that I. Now that we're talking about it, I, I did have that realization at one point, and I even forgot to write it down. But it reminded me of the string. Yeah, like like pale and veiny. Mm-hmm. Like, Pointy um, ears. Well, we live in Florida. Yeah, like you know when the Canadians all come down <laughs> for the winter, and they're all on the beach in small bays. Yeah, I can see them like from that. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like pale, 
tell Vaney. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they they avert their eyes from the sun and make like a hissing sound. Yeah, just like. But the 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 bald with the pointed ears and the and the jagged the jagged the teeth. teeth and everything. Rob, is, I already said Canadians. They is, know. Is, is kind of the go to look for for feral, mindless vampires. You know what I mean? But it, but you're right though that the the origin of that is the Nosferatu thing. And it right. just didn't click with me, but it did remind me of the strain. And by the way, if you've not seen that show, that's really good. You should check it out. I'm looking very forward to the a very politely worded uh, angry letter. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I was listening to your podcast. <laughs> I'm going to represent the good people of Saskatchewan. <laughs> hey. I kid because I love you Canadians because you Canadians have given me my one of my favorite steakhouses at Epcot. Oh, good point. Mm. And thanks yes. and thanks for Neil Young. We appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, let, shall we move on to the last thing? Where what about Anne Murray? There, I'll take there it. Might be some uh, arguing. Last thing. Is there going to be some arguing? I think there last might be. thing. Masters of the universe, uh, Rob. I think you can take this one. All right, Masters of the Universe. I was kind of looking forward to this because when I saw the trailer of it, I I was hyped because they they launched that trailer to the tune of "I'm holding out for a hero." And I'm like, hell yeah! <laughs> One of those instances where the where the music made the trailer that much better, yeah. better. You know what I mean? Um, but Masters of the Universe is a series on Netflix. It's currently what six episodes, Omar? I believe it was six. Does that sound right? I I I'll tell Maybe you why. Five? I'm not sure in a minute, but I think it was. Oh no no no! It was five. Hundred percent sure. Five. Yeah. Five. Okay. Um, it was released on July 23rd of this year, 2021. And like I said, it's on Netflix. It does star uh, Chris Wood as He-Man. It's got a lot of big names in it, though. It's got Chris Wood as He-Man. It's got Sarah Michelle Gellar as Tila. It's got Lena Headey, and I recognized her voice almost immediately as Evil Lynn. Um, the other voice I recognized immediately as Mark Hamill as Skeletor, because right. Skeletor kind of sounds like the Was Joker. He, did, is he? Is that who did it back in the 80s? It wasn't, no. right? Because he did a good job in no. this one. It's got uh, Tiffany Smith as Andra, Diedrich Bader as Trapjaw. It's also got Liam Cunningham, another Game of Thrones alumni, as Man at Arms. Susan Eisenberg is a sorceress. Justin Long is in oh. this as Roboto. Uh, Griffin Newman, Kevin Michael Richardson, Henry Rollins, Stephen Root, Adam Gifford, Dennis Haysbert. Why do I know that name, Dennis Haysbert? What else? He, is he's there? the. Um... Dude with the nice the, deep voice. The, yeah. Um, oh, the the, the Allstate, Allstate guy. Allstate, yeah, that's exactly. Right. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Uh, Dennis Haysbert, Jay Taveri, that, Alan Oppenheimer, and Cree Summer, actually, from A Different World. Ah. Interesting. I didn't realize that was the same. Um, did, the did synopsis you, is... The wait, did you mention Henry Rollins on this rollout? I don't know. I, I yeah, okay. I yeah. Henry uh, I, I, I wanted to go yeah. So, oh, but I missed it because I was writing. Something no, no, he meant he he said it. Yeah. Okay. Henry Rollins. Yeah. yeah! There you go. <laughs> the uh, the synopsis is the war for Eternia begins again in what may be the final battle between He Man and Skeletor, a new animated series from writer director Kevin Smith. So, 
I don't know. Maybe maybe this will be a controversial opinion, but this wasn't very good. And I was very disappointed in that. Um my my thoughts were that, you know, the dialogue is pretty awful at times. And I I honestly hate those stories that make a character completely overreact that forms the basis of the plot for the movie. <laughs> Whereas if they just acted like, I don't know, a normal fucking person, then there's then there's absolutely no story and everything just completely falls apart. Which part are you talking about, Tila? Yes. Okay. All right. She's like, you lied to me. His own fucking father didn't know. Are you serious? You're going to be like, I hate all of you. I can't believe you lied to me and didn't tell me that he was He-Man. And, meh. And, Dad, I know you raised me. You're not really my dad, but you took me in and raised me and took care of me. But you lied to me and didn't tell me that he was He-Man. Fuck you. I'm out of here. Y'all suck. And, and that wouldn't have been so bad. That wouldn't have been so bad if it wasn't like, you know, five years later and she's still gone. Yeah, like, I'm like, like what like, the... F- maybe I shouldn't have said all that stuff. Eh, I'm not going to go back. I'm like, what the... F- really? Because honestly, without that complete overreaction, there's no basis for the movie. Because the movie kind of centers around Tila being... Or movie. Uh, the sure. The series kind of centers around Tila being on her own. Right? Yeah, for the most part. At least from that point on. I liked it, to be honest. Not oh, I Now I... Did. But... Well, first of all, the purveying opinion online is your opinion. Uh, okay. And I saw those flaws, but I am such a sucker for when they bring back obscure characters mm-hmm. that I haven't seen in a while. That I ooh, especially if they show them in a different light. So, like, you know, showing Merman as like a pirate now, mm-hmm. kind of. Triclops. Triclops is, is like a weird of a cult. But he was, like, super dumb in the original cartoon, wasn't he? I don't remember. I vaguely thought he was really dumb. But Henry Rollins, so I'm cool with it. So, I, so like, every time that I was like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Oh, look, it's stunk, Stinkor. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. I and, and don't get me wrong, I liked seeing those, those obscure characters as well. But, I mean, the just the overall basis of the plot line is bullshit. And I'm like, you couldn't come up with better than this. And and there and you, be honest, Greg. Are there times where the dialogue is absolutely horrible? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like okay. the, first of all, well, they leaned into the puns of like the past episodes. Like they, they were always terrible jokes in the past episodes, the '80s ones. Mm-hmm. They leaned into that, but it was still a more realistic. I'm doing finger quotes, but like more realistic, edgy show than it was back then so the puns were kind of more hidden in conversation like Mm -hmm. that's only half of the battle cat throwing battle cat in there like Mm -hmm. as a little wink wink joke uh the things i thought yeah so i thought that some of those little things were were dumb as well as some of the other conversations where people wouldn't actually say stuff like that and Um, that that whole scene with orko pleading with tila was really just kind of forced and um, it made me roll my eyes to go with them yeah, I'm like, oh my god. See, I really? thought Orko had the best character arc in this thing, where he was always, like, would mess stuff up and, like, kind of had that holding the line kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, no, he, he he did. It was great. 
but that that little that little uh, monologue that he had, I was like, "You shitting me, dude? Come on!" Yeah, because I wrote that down as something I liked, actually. Yeah, I know. The the voices, like you said, were really good. The adding like a layer of lore onto things was kind of interesting. What do you mean? Like the what Castle Grayskull was had like a this hidden like garden kind of power source underneath it thing. Mm-hmm. So that was sort of interesting. I, I I do like when they do that for the most part. Not you, Metaclorians. <laughs> 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 What about the two power sword thing? I thought it looked good. It and it absolutely was how it was in the eighties because I had the power sword where he had the dark side and the light side combined. And as a kid, I had it and you could take it apart. And yeah, there's like a little. I remember there's like a little square tab on it, and I was always wondering why the like the sword that came with He Man had like a little hole in the back of it. Oh, Uh, so I like that. Um, there's something else that, that really stood out. Um, oh, well, <laughs> you mentioned Lena Haiti. There's, I re- saw an article about this that, um, that, uh, Lena Haiti somehow made it evil in even more hot. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> yes, you did. Like, and I, I actually kind of like that character arc. Like, you kind of don't know where it's going from here, but seeing you know having evil in and and beast man kind of helping was interesting despite the fact that well that like that's that was the example of bad uh uh dialogue whatever there was when they first get to the heaven area and tila immediately starts yelling at evil in like I shouldn't have brought you here, but there was no reason for her to say that at the time. Yeah. Other than, like, what did she expect? He-Man to be, like, hanging out there, like, oh, hey, you're here. Come on. (laughs) Like, like as soon as she gets there, she's like, you know, back off, lady. Where Uh, is he? I don't fucking know, bitch. I'm in the dark as much as you are. So, like, stuff like that I thought was probably needed a script edit. Well, Okay. I'm glad that you said that, um, the script edit thing. All of the stuff you guys just talked about from the moment we started talking about this, I have to take your word for it, and here's why. I watched what ended up being about an episode and a half. I was so bored. I don't remember a goddamn thing about it. <laughs> I, it was so boring to me. It did. It, it, it literally... I. It, I have n- I don't know anything about what you're talking about, and I may have seen it. I have no idea. I it was it was, I was just like completely flatlined by it, and I had to stop. I was just like, "Why am I doing this? I'm just wasting my life. I'm literally wasting my what time." What he's really trying to tell us, without actually saying it, is he stopped and started pleasuring himself to evil in fan porn. No, no, no. I started that I think that's what early, before the show, before watching. He's like, no, dude, I was, I was on top of that. There. We were already. He's like, I would talk. I would tell you guys about that right now. <laughs> I thought that went without saying, but the show itself, it was just, it was just bad. The, the script, everything, it was just, I just found myself completely not caring. I, 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 I can't, I, I feel, I almost feel bad. I have zero idea what the plot was about. I don't know. I've, it was boring. It just, it completely sucked the life out of me. 
I wish. <laughs> Zing. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> wow. No, I have no idea what any of the stuff you guys are talking about. And I actually saw. No, and that's, uh, that's a lot of the, the opinion online. Flat. But I'm, I'm very distracted by, you know, seeing old characters, also seeing re reimaginations of character design. Evil in. <laughs> I was more of a Tila. Especially, especially like feral Tila. More of a He Man. She's yeah, like a whatever. Where <laughs> she's all like buff and has like, like the cool swoopy hair. What about when she took off her helmet and had like the the stark white hair? We have to record another podcast tonight, so please. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I I I can't even give a review. I was so bored. I have no idea what happened in the show. I don't. I don't know. So. There's a pretty big uh, cliffhanger at the end of episode five, so hopefully we're going to get more. A lot of people watch this, but who knows? Because Netflix is very heavy-handed uh, with cutting things off. Um, I do believe I saw this up at least at two or three on there. But again, and there was a lot of conversation about it, but not a lot of it was good. Mm-hmm. You know, when the when the producer Kevin Smith or creative director whatever they want to call him is on the internet calling all of the he-man fanboys babies uh the he-man fanboys are what's going to drive this because it's not just yeah a show i it's mean buying toys know your audience bro yeah it's buying toys it's pleading for a video game it's t-shirts and hats and all that stuff that that is the little cherry on top that makes netflix be like you know well this didn't stay at number one for as long as we wanted it to, but we sold out every toy in in our Walmart displays. That's where right. that so a win that was a win stayed. Well, we'll have to see. Well, I like, mean, it would be a win. Your example of selling out all the yeah. Oh I yeah, yeah that, I got it. Yeah, like Stranger Things was a huge hit, but also how many Stranger Things T-shirts did we see the next year? How many Stranger Things costumes did we see? Right. <clears throat> like you knew that was getting to getting to go on as long as they wanted to. So I do hope it gets the second part. If only because I need to see more Fistor. Oh yeah. What about fake or? Uh there was a fake or there was uh, uh, uh I can give you a, a also a <laughs> my my child's opinion because he watched it with me at least one episode. Uh-huh. He was in a very bad mood, but he didn't tell me why because he's a kid. So he was in a bad mood. <laughs> so he was in a very bad mood when it started, and the reason was because earlier in the day I said, um, "When I'm done watching the Olympics, we can I'll play some um, Super Smash Brothers with him." And then because I didn't like because we were doing I was doing other stuff when I put on the show because I couldn't play video games I was like cleaning the kitchen or something. Um, he would be like I don't want to watch this, and he was telling me the things that didn't make sense. And because he was he was mad and didn't want to tell me why, so he's like, "It doesn't make sense." I'm like, "Why?" He's like, "Because the castle is called Castle Gray Skull." I'm like, "Dude, the castle looks like a gray skull." He's like, "It looked green." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "You're mad at something else." What was it? Then he said there was another thing, like, "Oh, why is his name Skelet Or?" I'm like, "Because he's a skeleton, and they add or to the end of all of the character names." I guess I'm like, okay, why are you really mad? And then he told me the video game thing. <laughs> but so he was unhappy that Castle Grayskull looked green. But, you know, 
It was moldy. That's funny. Mm. Also, I had forgotten about the the sorceress. And really, I had completely forgotten about her. I hadn't seen anything He Man since the eighties. Yeah, I haven't oh, seen it since the eighties either. One of my yeah. favorites. Oh, yeah, I was into the sorceress, and like they didn't make a toy for her for many years. But I only had the first run of He Man toys. I had a, I had that green jet and a He Man, and a, the blue He Man. So, but this is not the "What Toys Did Greg Have" podcast. <laughs> It should be. Although it could be. Yeah, it really would be. Uh, so let's close out here. Who? Uh... Oh, I do the context <clears> stuff. <throat> Wait, no. I did the spoiler stuff. Rob, you do the context stuff. I do the context stuff. So, guys, if you would like to email us and find out what other toys Greg had as a child, you can email us directly at giveme5podcast at gmail.com. You can go directly to our website, giveme5podcast.com, you could find us on Facebook by searching for guess what? The Give Me Five Podcast. You can also Moth, find us I, on I, I think I played with Mossman at a community pool once, but I didn't have him. But I remember he he did smell that, like pine, is that, which is a joke is they made in the it? show. Yeah. Mossman, he was actually just yeah, a, a guy that was never mind. You played with your Mossman at the pool? No, it was just some guy with like a hairy back and he smelled like pine trees, so I just pretended he was Mossman. Is this like a therapy thing? You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at GiveMe5Pod. And guys, as always, that is spelled out F-I-V-E, not the number five. And please, if you really want to help us out, leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're using. It helps other people find us. It helps us move up in the charts. Next week, Monday, we will be talking about The Living Daylights, a James Bond movie, because it is the summer of 87 that we are doing. And it just so happens that this movie came out, The Living Daylights came out, in the summer of 87, 20 or 30, whatever, all those many years ago this week. So, And I would like to point out, if we hadn't talked about it already, this week we would have been doing The Lost Boys. So Living Daylights and Lost Boys came out the same week. The same thing happened to, to summer school as well, because we saw that. that what week was that? Probably why we what did we do that week instead? I think it was a couple weeks ago. It was. Okay. Maybe like Revenge of the Nerds I was going to say Nerds too. But maybe. Yeah, I think so. Either way, you win. Thank you for listening, guys. Check us out on Monday. Do it that way.